WCW Fall Brawl 1996 or Autumn Brawl if you're an asshole. We got the NWO versus the Horseman. We got the Giant versus Macho Man. We got Super Calo. You might be asking, who the fuck is Super Calo? Well, we get into that and more on the Apron Bump Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring, Kyle. How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody's week is going well. Apologies for the one-day delay of this podcast. I hope you can forgive me, but I had to uh, circumcise my goldfish yesterday, and I didn't really have time to get up here and edit everything and do all this. So, um, But we're here. We're here. We're queer. And we are here to talk a little Fall Brawl 1996. Talk a little W-C-W. Uh, a very pivotal, very pivotal show, actually, uh, for many reasons, which we'll get into once uh, we really get into the nitty gritty of it all. But um, main event, War Games, as per usual with these Fall Brawl events, we got the NWO. We got some new members of the NWO since we last touched all upon WCW, taking on the Horsemen and Friends a lot of sting shenanigans throughout the entire, really throughout the entire show and the match specifically. Um, we also got the giant versus the big show. The giant versus the big show. The giant. That's a dream match, actually. Now that I think about it. The giant versus Macho Man. We got the coming out parties of both Conan and DDP in separate matches. We get into exactly why this show was so pivotal. For those two gentlemen, the debut of the K-Dog character, as well as just just a lot of fire and energy from DDP as well. Really throughout the entire show. I mean, I've been following WCW. I've been doing these reviews chronologically, starting at Spring Stampede 1994, and have gone all the way through the rest of 94, all the way through 95, and all the way through 96, up until this point, September of 1996. I would say pretty handily, this is the best WCW show that I've covered so far. The bar isn't necessarily high, but for, for I mean, the, the, the NWO storyline is really starting to cook at this point, but also just the in-ring quality on this show, because like we got DDP Chavo Guerrero, we got Rey Mysterio Super Calo, we got Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho a debuting Chris Jericho at WCW at this point, plus the Macho Mans, the Ric Flairs. I mean, this show is just marinated in delicious, delicious talents. And uh, the Nasty Boys are here as well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, actually, I have a really un unwarranted lust for the Nasty Boys. It's actually kind of. I don't know why I feel that way about them, but we get into that as well on the podcast. But um, I mentioned that this is the best show WCW has put on, at least in 1996 for sure. Has major ramifications for the hardest promotion battle of 1996, which continues here. Stick around to the end of the podcast where we not only grade this show, 
but we compare what WCW is doing as a whole at this point. As of the show, as of September 15th, 1996, we compare the best and the worst both in and out of the ring. We compare WCW against what ECW and WWF are doing at this point, and we'll see if there's any changes in the standings as it sits right now. WWF is in the lead with 13 points, ECW with six, and then WCW with three. What do these points correlate to what determines these points we'll get into all of that towards the end of the episode if you're unfamiliar with this process or if you just want to go back you want to relive the wrestling wars of the 90s with these three major north american wrestling companies i suggest you go to apronbump.com and you go to the episodes tab and you can go you can select whatever promotion whatever era you'd like to hear me recap in chronological order various timelines here on the apron bump but you can go and select wrestling wars of the 90s and that'll bring you to all of the WWF, the ECW, the WCW, all that stuff. It'll bring it to you in chronological-ish order. And uh, binge away. It's been a good old time watching how, watching the ebbs and flows and the ins and outs of all of these companies and how each company is kind of influencing each other as well. It's very, very uh, interesting and entertaining to watch. But speaking of interesting, speaking of entertaining, speaking of delicious... My guest on this episode, JB from JB versus the world. You could check him out on X at JBV the world. All of his info, all of the socials, the websites and all that stuff you can find in the description as well. Uh, JB does a lot of great content, does a lot of wrestling stuff, TV, sports. He's uh, he's, he's a lot of irons in the fire. This this fellow over here, but uh, it was a blast having him on. We've been following each other on X for a while and uh, figured I'd bring up. He's an Atlanta guy, big WCW fan uh, from back in the day. He said he was present uh, for a few major uh, WCW moments, which I think we get into like towards the beginning of this thing. Um, give JP a follow. Hey, give me a follow as well at Apron Bump on all the social medias. TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, X, Omega Grinder, all that stuff. Especially TikTok. I've been doing a lot of TikToking, talk, talk ticking, tick tacking. Um, gaining some steam over there. I've been having a lot of fun putting out content and uh, YouTube as well. Occasionally on YouTube, I'll drop videos more related to the current products. And uh, just dropped one recently. It was kind of a theoretical video, just a fun little quick hitter. Well, it explains itself, but it's basically if WrestleMania, if the challenger in every main event was replaced by the winner of the opening match so and i'll be doing a lot more videos like that it seems like it was pretty well received so subscribe on the youtube as well i'm always bad at plugging that shit also the discord make sure if you want to have a good old time with some people that love wrestling and love tickling each other until we secrete liquid out of our pores i suggest you join the apron bump discord i edited the link because i am an old man and i don't know how discord works i didn't know invite links expired after a week unless you change the settings so i have uh, updated the link in case you've tried before and haven't been able to get in so it's a good old time there we're going to be starting our pay-per-view predictions league here after wrestlemania so make sure you get on board before that um all right i think i've plugged enough why don't we get into some wcw wcw fall brawl 1996 with myself and JB from JB versus the world.
So Atlanta, huh? So you you were a big WCW guy back in the day? Listen, I was present for both the finger poke of doom and Goldberg's first championship win. <laughs> both <laughs> both both great, right? Yeah. Oh, not the finger poke of doom. Everybody hated that. What was but, like the crowd like being there live for the finger poke of doom? Poke of doom. Like what what was just describe the energy in the in the audience? Frantic. Yeah. Like for where we were, it was like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, dude. Cause like I, I had a similar uh experience because I was at the last WrestleMania. So night Ooh. two, Roman wins, and it is just a collective like, wait, what? No. No, Ooh. I didn't know. No, they're gonna rest what? The wrong music's playing. What? What happened? So yeah, it's <laughs> Well, that's arguably like some of the <laughs> most like entertaining stuff in wrestling. We just like maybe not the poke of doom. Maybe that's a bad example, but yeah, <laughs> maybe they jumped the shark there. Who knows? But because me, I don't even think I was ten then. Mm-hmm. Um, I was scared because I was like the first time I've ever been in a building and it was shaking like that. Really? Like, Were they shaking? still like throwing shit in the ring at that point? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that was, what, 99? Something like that. I want to say it was 98. 98, yeah, somewhere there. So, like, definitely deeper into the NWO than we are here, but. Yeah. Um, like, it was crazy for Goldberg, but that was more like a positive energy. Right. Of course, poke, yeah. But the finger poke? Oh, my gosh. I was scared. And we were like, <laughs> So I'm thinking this building is going to collapse underneath my feet. Right. God, man. The 90s was a, was a wild time. Even here in 96, like, we're just starting to, like, like, they just turned the burner on on the stove on uh, mm-hmm. on the NWO and, like, this whole era of wrestling. But you can definitely see, like, what it would go on to be. So, but you were able to check out Fall Brawl 96? Yes. Thoughts? Yes. Overall thoughts before we get into the, the nitty gritty of it? Man, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it was the nineties. It was, it was <laughs> you're not wrong. It was, it was some nineties. Can you cuss on the show? Yeah, yeah. All right, it was some nineties type shit. <laughs> I mean, dude. So I've been watching all these WCW shows. Like I started in mid ninety four, and I've been watching through all of the fucking Dungeon of Doom and the Johnny Be Bad and the Booty Man and all. Like it's. Not not a lot of it has been good, but the booty man. <laughs> you you booty man guy. You strike me as a booty man guy. Man, when I was a kid, I didn't know any better. If you were, <laughs> I liked I liked white meat baby faces when I was a kid. I, whether I should have or not. If you were a baby face as a kid, there was more than likely I was on your side. I can already tell we're not going to be aligned on a lot of things, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> like, but I'm looking at this through an adult lens. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I, yeah, I guess Booty Man for as as a kid, the stupid tassels and the music. I guess I could see it a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Well, he's not here, thank God. But uh, lots of other people are. Yeah. But I'll say, like, I I enjoyed the show a lot, especially for this era. Like I said, we're only like in the beginning stages of the NWO, but I think they're really starting to catch fire here. We've added a few members since the last pay-per-view. Um, it's no longer just that core three people. So it's starting to grow and it's kind of a thread throughout the show. But overall, I thought like 
top to bottom, this is one of the better WCW events. I don't know how I don't know what you remember about like '96 if you can like compartmentalize um, that at all. But do you remember uh, like that year of wrestling? Barely. Um, for me, I started watching wrestling at the tail end of '95. Okay. So like WrestleMania 12 was like my first WrestleMania. Like I I don't those are like the earliest memories of me watching wrestling. So a lot of that is like gone with the wind now. Now that yeah, yeah. I'm in my mid thirties. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh I guess you got in kind of on the upswing a little bit. You know, the the, the late ninety four, like the early ninety five stuff is just tragic to watch. It's just awful but yeah here like i said we're, we'll, we'll get into it but um yeah, my yeah. first wrestling match ever in life was undertaker versus common and the casket match um <laughs> at SummerSlam. that's Very such a funny that's a funny first match that's, that wasn't a bad match though that was a pretty good match i was entertained and i cheered against the undertaker who would mm. then from that point forward become my favorite wrestler <laughs> <laughs> Man. How things evolve. How things evolve. You were just a big comma mark. I think was the thing. So it clouded your judgment. You were the <laughs> you were the you were the one comma fan back then. I think. Honestly, I saw a black guy on TV, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, big tall black guy versus dead zombie guy. Get him!" <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's all wrestling needs to be. You know, we always that's look it. too deep into the details of uh, the build and the, the climaxes. No, just. What race are they? What are they dead? Are they alive? That's really all it comes down to. <laughs> I mean, just especially like, you know, being black, looking for somebody that you can identify with on t- on TV at all times. And that was like not that common. Right. Yeah. You had comma and who else? Mabel. Yeah. You had uh, M- men on a mission. Uh, did not like my did not like Mabel at all. Did not. Oh, there you are. Yeah. You just put your pants on. <laughs> now I was finding my shades. Ah, uh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, finding my shades. Oh, make sure I gotta adjust this the right way. There you go. So make sure everything is kosher. Uh, you can't see anything crazy. F- flexing the PS5. I see you. Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm an Xbox guy, but I'll, I'll let it slide. Actually, well, is there too. <laughs> okay okay i actually mostly play on pc anyways but my xbox is a great netflix machine actually that's what my ps5 is dc these right. days mostly i wish i had more time to play yeah <laughs> i'm with you I have, i've spent all my time watching uh chavo guerrero matches but speaking of which speaking of which we got the opening match here ddp diamond dallas page versus chavo guerrero Yes. Um, so we got here. So DDP won the Battle Bowl a few months ago. He won the uh, the Lord of the Ring, I think they called it. Never really amounted to anything. I guess he lost it to Eddie Guerrero on Nitro leading up to this. So DDP has been fighting against the Guerreros, who are both brand new. Well, Chavo more so Chavo. than Eddie. But. This was Chavo's first pay-per-view. Yes. Matter yes, of fact, it was sure. a couple of people's first um, pay-per-view on this night. Yeah. No, it was... Um, yeah, Chavo, I feel like he's kind of always been the same to me. Commentary said he's only been wrestling for a few years at this point, which I, I didn't really look into. But um, but all honest, my main takeaway here was DDP. I mean, we know in hindsight what he would go on to be. So maybe mm-hmm. that helps. But to me, this just felt like DDP's coming out party. I thought he looked like a star in this match. 
Yeah. And uh, I thought it was a decent little opener. I don't know what you think about it. Oh, man, definitely. And um, you can see the shades of what they were going to be, especially in the case of DDP. Uh, Chavo, uh, young, fresh face. And it's, it's so weird seeing both of them, but especially Chavo. Like, what's he, like 20 years old at this point? It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. Got to be. Like, but still, you can see it. Mm-hmm. You can see that Guerrero bloodline. Like, and coming into play. <laughs> they were throwing up the ones before anybody was. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, Chavo, I feel like he's just always had that dark cloud of being compared to Eddie Guerrero, of course. And, and Eddie's just, all right. Chavo and Guerrero. You, you move Chavo's sliders all the way up and you got Eddie. So, and then he has to compete with not just Eddie, but Pepe as well. Of course, and who can <laughs> who can shine above Pepe? Really, so. nobody. Clearly, no. except for Moppy. Mop Moppy versus Pepe. Who wins that one? You think? Oh, first first know. first head triple threat versus head. Ooh. Oh my yeah. gosh! Mm. I don't know. I think um, Air Growing Spider might come for the interference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever play uh, WWF Attitude? Oh yeah. Did you remember oh, I think sure. was that the game that Head was a character you could play as? That I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of a different game. But yeah, there was there was a game where you could unlock Head and it's just Head with no body, but you could still wrestle like he had a body. It was so stupid, but it was great. <laughs> um what does everybody but, want? <laughs> speaking of Head, I would have I would love to get give uh I don't know. I was going to make a blowjob joke, but I couldn't think of one. Uh DDP's <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i mean he's throwing out dude that spinning power bomb he does where it's like he's countering a tilt-a-whirl into a, yeah. like a blue thunder type bomb it just like the crowd came on its feet there was a few cases where ddp hit a move and like the crowd was with him and there was more than a few sp- spots that you were like man that's it <laughs> right that was it but yeah. chavo to his credit like he looked strong in defeat um they kept him in there. He didn't really give up. And that will be a thing that will later come be a part of his character. His never willingness to give up. I wish. But, um, especially now. Frog Splash. <laughs> um, yeah. No, yeah. It definitely was a story here of him being resilient. But ultimately, uh, I do like the finish, though. DDP. So Chavo's going for a backslide pin. And then DDP, like, stomps on his foot and then turns mm-hmm. him around. Diamond cutter. Nobody kicks out of that at this point. Now nah. everybody's kicking out of that shit, but <laughs> and 96, 96, nobody's kicking out of it. And uh, old Diamond Dally gets the win. But yeah, was, I thought it was a relatively a good way to start the show. I thought. Pretty solid opener. Wasn't the cleanest um, diamond cutter he's ever hit, but it was yeah. still it was still fantastic to see. Like going back and watching 90s wrestling for the first time since the 90s for the most by and right. large. Yeah, exactly. Like there's there's some element of like I like the fact that it looks a little clunky. It's like there's yeah. an element of realism to it, but yeah. I don't know. But it's the, it's the 90s. You kind of let things slide for you being the 90s. To. Speaking of which, we got old uh Mean Gene Okerland here to kind of run down the history of the NWO thus far, which has existed for uh I don't know, like two or three months at this point. Two or three months, yeah. So we have uh, obviously started out with the Hulkster and Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, 
it's like a video package running through all that, the Hogan turn and all that. And then we've also uh, since Hogwild, which I believe was the last pay-per-view, we've seen yeah. Ted DiBiase debut and has joined the NWO and a kind of a manager capacity. I think the whole deal is Fine like, he, he, yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and then the giant also joins the NWO because I believe he correct me if I'm wrong. I think he, he wants to do movies. He got paid off. Basically he got promised the yeah. fame and fortune from DiBiase. There we go. See, that all kind of ties together in Nick's sense. I also think this yeah. is, when is the Waterboy in relation to this? Do you remember? Oh, man. Waterboy was a couple years off. Like after this? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. After, for sure. I think Waterboy was like, oh, man, where does that place me? I'm literally I think I wasn't like, could... oh, man. I wasn't even in middle school yet when the Waterboy came out. It is 98. It came so out. So like two years off. Okay. Okay, but they're probably, if not filming, they're at least casting, I would imagine, yeah. at this point. So maybe he's got the contract. Captain yeah, Insano. Year. He's already got his singlet ordered, I think. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Show no mercy. <laughs> no way, man. Oh, God. What a, what a hoot to this guy is. But um, So, yeah, Giant DiBiase joining the fold as well as Sting. A wink, a wink, joining the NWO. Um, That was better than uh, whoever the fuck played Sting in the main event, but it's like, woo! We need, but we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll get into that before. uh, So yeah, this is a little video package, kind of setting the scene for the main event, which of course would be War Games, NWO versus uh, Horsemen and Company, Horsemen and Friends. No lie, that video pack, the whole thing, like the invasion art when they were in Daytona. I want to say they were in Daytona. Um, when yeah, Ray Mysterio got launched like a lawn dart to that trailer. I was, Dude. I was legit worried for like everybody who got attacked back there. I, they did that angle. They yeah. really did that. They brought the realism to it, yeah. which is something that wrestling did not have, at least mainstream, you know, mm-hmm. United States wrestling. Um. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up because, you know, we had that, you know, the backstage attack. That was with uh, when it was Nash and Hall. They had bats and they attacked Rey Mysterio. And I think like Arn Anderson and a few other people, they had ambulances mm-hmm. come by. The whole locker room emptied like it was mid match. They just stopped the match and the whole mm-hmm. locker room went out there to kind of run them off. And uh, you have ambulances, like several ambulances and fire trucks. And like, Savage trying to hop in the limo, trying to get the, <laughs> the utter madman. <laughs> he's a psychopath, dude. Um, but I watched that episode kind of recently and that was like a 30 minute ordeal of just like, you know, the cameras are backstage checking out. People are getting loaded on stretchers and people are trying to like, what happened? Who attacked? What was there? A third guy? I don't know. A fourth guy. And it was like a very, like the tone of it was very like, like, like you said, like it prompts people to be scared when they're watching yeah. it, it's like, it's like, oh my God, these guys might be actually hurt and the, the realism and the somber tone of it. And there was another angle. Um, what the fuck happened? Oh, it was when Sting attacked when they had the, you know, the fake Sting. In the attacked. rain. Yeah. <laughs> in the rain. He's in the limo. Um, the Sting, quote unquote, gets out of the limo and attacks Lex Luger in the parking lot. And they're doing all sorts of vandalism out in, like on mm-hmm. people's cars and, Eric Bischoff's on commentary, like, oh, 
I don't even know how we're going to continue, folks. I'm going to try to collect myself, but again, that was just such a long, drawn-out thing. I mean, do you remember like watching those Nitros back then and, and feeling that? Every Monday night. I think the thing that got me about that one attack at Daytona, go back to that for a second, was mm-hmm. when Ray, they like Ray was so banged up and they put him in that stretch and he took his mask off. He was right. covering his face. Like that was like the moment that did it for me. Um, but everything that they did back then, even when um Eric Bischoff got power bombed, mm-hmm. like my young brain didn't go, why don't you just call the police and get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like man like they really had everybody in the chokehold of course like knowing like that was razor ramon that's diesel like and they're not saying their names they're not saying their names on purpose at this point because mm-hmm. they're trying to sell it that this is a real invasion and i really appreciated that that little bit right yeah i mean they set the tone for the attitude era i mean this, yeah. this whole is it kicked it off but um we'll get back to that in the main event before that, we got a little fire and ice to talk about <laughs> a submission match. Scott flash Norton versus ice train. Rest in peace, by the way, rest in peace. Yeah. Damn. Big ice train guy. Seems like you're oh, uh, demo- seems like the kind of guy you uh, gravitate towards. Yeah, oh, man. I really like fire. as a tag team. And yeah. when he turned and when Scott turned on him, it was like, boo you. And I'm like a fire guy. Like I like, I like the heat, you know what I'm saying? I like a hot shower, you know what I'm saying? Like hot meals. I'm like, okay, like fire to the eyes. And it's like, and when he did, it's like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I love the thought of you just like seeing flames on his trunks. And it's like, oh, yeah. I do like a hot meal and a hot shower. I do I kind of relate to this guy. Let me cheer for him. Listen, I was always about the heat. And like when I got Pokemon, I started Charmander. You know what I'm saying? Like I've always been the fire guy. Oh. Like I got like fire in my chart. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, like I'm always yeah. been a fire guy. So Scott Norton was like, yeah, cool. Ice train, cool. But it's like, yeah, fire. But when he betrayed him, I'm like, oh, man. Damn. You stuck now. I don't even know what he called you, Flash. <laughs> Would you say you cooled off on him after he uh-huh. uh, Come on. Uh-huh. We're having a lot of fun. <laughs> we have a little fun here. Um, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was an ice cold match. No, it's actually, actually actually kind of a fun match, weirdly, because they had, um, well, first of all, it's a submission match. Yeah. Well, it's actually kind of an I quit match, I guess, because well, it's interesting because in like 96, like tapping out wasn't really a mainstream thing, even though that's how this match ended. Um, mm-hmm. But mostly submissions were like verbal at this point. And the referee has the mic in this match. He's like, you know, somebody will be in the submission and he'll hold the mic up to the guy. So it's essentially an I quit match. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's just like two meaty guys slamming each other. So Slap it's like, are they, are these the guys we should put in a submission match? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's not, they're not exactly the, the technical masterminds I would imagine in this, but for what, it, for what no. it was, I was entertained by it. Like, I was Teddy long, like then just seeing him, I'm like he was a, he was a pretty, pretty big guy. Then he's a beefy boy. Like, yeah, he was. I saw him at um, dragon con in Atlanta last year, just completely random. Really? Completely random. And to see what he looks like now as opposed to then, I was like, man, that is two different guys. Like, Teddy would look like he was pulling a hose back then. He might have been chilling with a godfather back back in the day. I bet you he was. I bet you he was. He was eating (laughs) all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Look, but... (laughs) But yeah, definitely having two big, meaty men in there, having for a submission match was definitely a choice. Um, Teddy being, interfering the way he was, and 
Ice Trey's the baby face. Um, those kind of dynamics always kind of throw me off a little bit. But yeah, I was going to ask because, like, because yeah, like yeah, Ice Train was the baby face, but he comes out wearing like the towel. He's like Taz almost. He has like the towel over his head. Yeah. He's very serious because normally he's like very hype and he's you know doing his fist towards the crowd. But he's very like focused. He's I'm about to kill this <laughs> bitch. And Teddy Long's there with him, you know, keeping him focused. So it was almost like a little ambiguous who was babyface and heel here. But you know, like you said, Teddy Long doing the interference just further yeah. confused the situation. So maybe that made it the match maybe not as hot as it could have been. You know, pardon the pun, yeah. but. Uh, but you know, the finish because like there's power slams, neck breakers, lariats, everything you would expect from these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Teddy throughout the match, he keeps getting on the apron with a towel, threatening to throw it in, throw in the towel for ice train. But eventually, Scott Norton gets fed up, pulls in Teddy Long. But this, this distraction allows ice train to lock in a full Nelson face down scott norton just eating the mat in a full nelson has no other choice but to tap out and uh yeah my my note here is i had fun watching this and ultimately i guess that's what matters right yeah yeah for sure um (laughs) memory lane for this one um i vaguely remember this match um yeah heel babyface alignments kind of went kind of eh at me at first for a lot of these but this was pretty clear from the jump, <laughs> especially yeah. like remember what happened. I, that hurt me with Scott Norbert. <laughs> that really did hurt me. You're still um, upset about it. A little bit. Um, and I was something would have been left under the train and the water on the bridge. But um, one of my closest friends, uh, shout out to my boy, Dao, um, Scott Norton is his favorite wrestler. <laughs> I love Scott Norton, too. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and he reminds me that Scott Norton is his favorite wrestler like every six months. <laughs> <laughs> Like every six months on the random, you know I like Scott Norton. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I know, bro. It's I get right. it. You're the president of his fan club. It's fine. <laughs> He's got fire. He got flames on his jackets. I'm sure, right? Call himself Flash. Oh, why is he called Flash, Scott Norton? I have no idea. Like, there's nothing fast about you. Yeah, he's, he's like the opposite of Flash. You're a big athletic guy. There's nothing about it that says speed. <laughs> no, he's he's a lot of things, but he's not speed. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, one guy that does have some speed is Hoovitude Guerrera. Why like take it on? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a, I'm terrible at him. But that one, I fell into that one. Uh, Hoovitude <laughs> versus Conan, a new mm. Conan debuting his new, uh, his new gimmick here, which is what everybody associates him with nowadays. Hey, but K Dog is here. He's got the beater. He's got the jeans, the glasses, the hat. Old LA. This guy. I mean, it's still very early stages. He's still kind of working it out a little bit. Yeah. But I think they match the music and everything. Old music. Yeah. And everything. Well, Dungeon of Doom as well. He's he's also a new member of the Dungeon of Doom, which mm-hmm. sure, I guess that fits. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we lost a giant. Let's go get um, the former United States champion. (laughs) Yeah, I guess he is. And the current Mexican heavyweight champion, of course, even though he doesn't have the belt with him. So that was odd. (laughs) We're speaking allegedly, I guess, that he's the champion. Um, Isn't that the the AAA champion now? Championship now? That belt? You know, that sounds right. That sounds right. I'm not going to do any research on it, but it's a fact because it's on the Internet now. So. Who are your top five Mexican heavyweight champions? 
Mexican heavyweights. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, heavyweight man. champions. Oh man, top five Mexican. If you can name, if you can name five of them, I'd be shocked. I don't think I can name five off the top of my head. <laughs> I think Conan just held it the entire lineage, maybe. Uh, Conan did definitely did. Because everything you ask me, like who are the, like the the cruiserweights or cruiserweight adjacent guys? Like I could tell you those guys, offer yeah, especially yeah, back yeah. in those WCW days. Uh, as a matter of fact, like Hooventu, low key might have been my favorite one. Really? In the cruiserweight era, him and Ray were like one A one B. That's fair. Psychosis <laughs> probably in there a little bit, maybe. Uh yes, I was a Hector Garza guy. Well, that's a Definitely. sentence that's never been said on this podcast. <laughs> I was a hectic guy. Like, and then I like that corkscrew plancha. Okay. No, I support I it. it. I support it. I loved it. Um, like just the Mexicans, uh, the Mexican cruiserweights. Uh, Super Calo, definitely, for sure. Shame we never got to see Fragilistic Race Bialidocious. Um Well, so you're actually a Super Calo guy. I enjoyed his appearances back in the day. Also, wow. La Parca, of course, La Parca. La Parca was just entertainment. Right. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I'd never heard of Super Calo until this show, which we'll get to in a, you know, later in the event. For but, sure. For sure. Um, but on the way there, we got Conan defending his Mexican heavyweight title against Juventude. Like I said, new character, new look. I mean, this was just such a game changing character shift for Conan, I thought, because he had appeared, you know, like you said, former United States champion, but he was all always in matches that like nobody cared about. He had the stupid tassels and the colorful tights and the comes out in the mask. Nobody really cared about him. I felt like, mm-hmm. having, you know, stinkers with the one man gang and shit. But like here he's <laughs> I mean, this is uh, the best match I've seen out of him thus far. I mean, he's. It's almost like this character rejuvenated him. Like it gave him like a, like a lit of fire underneath of him because he's like feeling himself. Like he hits the rolling lariat that he does and the crowd pops and he's like shaking the ropes like Bill Alfonso, mm-hmm. um, throwing out huge suplexes, German suplexes, no, gorilla pressing one. Hoovy off the, off the, or over the ropes. That one German he did that snap German. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Are you talking about like the wheelbarrow German that he did like towards the end? Dude, I've never seen it executed better than this match. That was crazy. That crowd was not, they weren't dead, but they were muted. They came alive for that one. Yeah, they came alive for like things worth coming alive for, I felt like. They're in what, North Carolina, right? So it's a hot bed for, yeah. Yeah, so these people, they enjoy the wrestling for sure. (laughs) Um, Flair country. Exactly. Close exactly. Country. <laughs> North Carolina yeah. Country. Overall, thoughts on this yeah. match? Oh man, it was definitely fun. Um <laughs> shout out to Hoover Tube Grill. Recovering after falling in his audio day I like barely caught it. I was like looking at my phone. I look up for a second and it's just stupid ass tripping over the <laughs> stairs coming out. Like oh memory unlock, and when you hear about how Hubertu was down um, backstage and how he wasn't his person, it's like, okay, this makes sense. He's yeah, so caught yeah. up in in receiving the adulation that he forgot his pudding. He's never heard cheers before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was a fun time. Definitely, like the early days of Hubertu Guerrero, the Conda, man, that power drop he does at the end. I forgot all about that until I saw it again. Yeah. And, yeah. That was before he started doing the the tequila sunrise, right? But yeah, it was a fun match. Yeah, it's like the power drop. 
Yes, and probably a top five Conan match for me. Like, really? It was, yeah. And it's not. Yeah. That's a that's a dry list. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, probably not a lot to pick from. Probably easy. It's to, not a lot to pick from. <laughs> his one man gang match isn't in there. His uh, <laughs> El Gato match. You know what? Um, I did enjoy the Elgato match. I don't think like Great American no, Bad or something didn't. like that. No, you didn't enjoy Elgato. Don't sit there and I lie was to young. me. The cat. I was, yeah, I was young. Stupid I think ass. that was Great American Bash. I think so. I think that was Great American Bash. I enjoyed that as a kid. I enjoyed that he had like the pink outfit on with the mask with the little weird eyes on it. <laughs> and he Man, took- you're just you're sitting there as a kid. You're, you're, you have a comma poster on one wall. You have an Elgato poster on the other wall. What the hell? What do your friends think when they go into your room? Oh, my God. You don't want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, we don't. It's a whole other podcast in itself. Um, oh, also, one thing, and I think this happened in the DDP match as well. They're And kind of throughout the show, they're using both rings because it's yeah. war games. It's the main event. So obviously, they have the two rings set up. And normally, at least nowadays, you know, they'll stick to one ring. And they won't ever veer to the other ring. But here, I think what Conan doesn't he like throw him from one ring to the other at some point? And uh, he Hoovy, him a few times, but yes, no, he was like a sack of bricks. Uh, <laughs> Hoovy, I think at one point he like walks the ropes like from one ring to the other, and then hits a cross body, which was pretty impressive. Yeah, he went springboard, one rope, two rope, dive. <laughs> Oh man, these luchadors, they see all these ropes. Oh, there's so many opportunities <laughs> for stupid yeah. shit. But it was it was great. Um Conan hits a power bomb on the floor at some point, and he's like shaking the barricades, getting in people's faces. Um, but ultimately, well, Hoovy, he, he hits a few moves towards a few moves towards the end. He's at 450 and a really bizarre looking twirling splash i don't know it's because it's not a 450 yeah. it's like a 450 but he's spinning horizontally instead of vertically it didn't look it was the advent of the corkscrew plunge <laughs> is that i mean it nah, wasn't it didn't, it didn't work <laughs> it for me weird. either it was weird it was yeah weird. power drop wins it for conan and it's very similar to the ddp match and that like i feel like conan was definitely the star here i mean hoover mm-hmm. looked really good too but conan i mean he's he's up and Sky's yeah. limit for him at this point. Yeah, it was clear. It was clear what they were doing. New attitude, new. They were those on commentary about like they try to play his street cred. Like this is the life he's trying to lead. Now like, you don't know this man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where he's been. You don't know what he's gone through. No, no. They see the do rag and they're like, "Oh, that fellow means business." Oh man, that's all. That's all you need. <laughs> well, hey, dog. <laughs> We got a couple of dogs on this next match. We got Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho. Who we couple babies here wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Jericho's first pay-per-view. Yes. Chris Benoit. I mean, he's, you know, a member of the horsemen. So he's super over at this point. He throws up the four and everybody just fucking loses their shit. And they're mm-hmm. in Winston-Salem. The Canadian uh, crippler. Yeah. Man. Couple Canadians but- here, but yeah. I uh, I described this match as just intense. Like, I felt like just a fight. <laughs> this match, mm. like the previous matches were very like, let's do some fancy moves. But this one, it, was, it felt like a lot of chop battles, a lot of forearm strikes, a couple of high impact moves towards the end. But 
It was, it was a pretty good one. If it, like I said, it felt like a fight. I was invested in the in the brawl between these two and seeing these two in their very early stages was interesting to watch. So I, I enjoyed it. What about you? I felt like this match was very much in line with how today's modern style is. Well, just like the different with the versatility of like different things they were doing, like the strikes yeah. and the high impact moves and the the technical prowess that they displayed against each other. This was probably my second favorite match of the night of the event. Really? Like, yeah, probably. And this honest guy, this is probably like my probably like my fourth time watching a Chris Benoit match since way back when. And it's like it just reminded me like, man, this guy's so really? freaking good. He was so good. And yeah. early, everything was crisp. Everything was quick. Everything was deliberate. And then looking at Chris Jericho, you see like the makings. He's not there. It's, I'm not sure if he's Lionheart Chris Jericho at this point or that had passed already. Um, I don't know if he ever brought that over to WCW. I could be wrong, though. because he, they he called him wrestled, Lionheart for a while. Did they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was about to say ACW right before this he was, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and they dropped it right before um, the D. Malenko view. Right. Arm, before Armbar. <laughs> they they <laughs> dropped it right around that time. But, man, you could see the early makings of, like, what Chris Jericho would come to be. Like, he's energetic. He's trying to get people into it. And he's not quite over yet. But it's, mm -hmm. like, time. You just need time with him at that point. Yeah. I mean, they need some video packages for Chris Jericho, I think. <laughs> is the issue. That's why people yeah. didn't care about him, right? I mean, right. more than you couldn't Google him then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was Google around in '96? I don't think so. Yeah, I, think, gotta, I don't think so. <laughs> gotta fucking go to the library and get an encyclopedia. Look up right. Jay and find Jericho. Look at I me. Mean, can't do that, right? Go to Encarta or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, like you said, very early stages here. Still just the kind of just the fiery baby face, but it would all it would all turn around for him once he, you know, started putting his hair in stupid ponytails and mm. whipping out scrolls of moves against Dean Malenko, but introducing him to the audience here, his style and obviously Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, they would wrestle a ton over the years. They had already wrestled a bunch at this point. So yeah. innate chemistry is there. So it was fun. I mean, it's pretty much what you would expect from these two. I would say. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, Benoit. I mean, Benoit is such a beast. It's just so like and it almost then, makes me mad whenever I watch Benoit matches because like, dude, this was so good. It was so yeah. good. And and him, like actual legit have a top five match for him, matches yeah. for him, or at least top five opponents. Oh like, yeah, for sure. And man, like he was he was amazing. It's, it's uh the whole thing, how that ended was just a crying shame. And we're not here to talk about that, but it's like this was like looking back at it, it's like this is like the signs of what was to come for both of them. But their best matches were so far ahead of them. Mm -hmm. No, their uh, their ladder match at Royal, I think it was Royal Rumble 2001, is probably mm. my favorite like singles ladder match for sure to this day. I mean, they were just oh. so good. Okay. Um. Who wins this one? Yeah, Benoit wins with Benoit. A, a top rope back suplex, which was nice to see because it's like you look at it. It's like a devastating move. But I feel like if you just turned on Rampage or some shit, that, that would just be like an opening match to kind of set the tone for the thing. But 
I mean, there were a few, there were a few like avalanche, like superplex type moves in this, like towards the end of it. And obviously the suplexes and the lion salt type stuff, but Benoit wins and the uh, horsemen or in horsemen countries. So they can't lose. I think is the, uh, the rule. So yeah, until the, until the main event, I guess, but we, I, I I'm, I'm grateful that the stars in this event were so top heavy. Like they're all are like in the war games and like the, well, the top two matches. So you get to see a lot of these younger guys or a lot of these talent that we probably wouldn't have seen otherwise on this card. Um, right. Super grateful for that. Yeah. And they, they took that opportunity, these younger guys, and they, I feel like they, they grasp it, grasped it. And uh, you know, in the years to come, like Conan's and the DDPs, they would, become huge stars and of course jericho and benoit would do what they did so right um but uh well now we're at what everybody has been waiting for super callow is here who has the best mask of all time and why is it super callow oh man um you said it it's just him (laughs) it's him one-on-one and notice if you the little details he has a spot in the back of his mask where he could put hair to grow, but there's no hair. Oh. He was bald. But he has the option. But he has the option. And versatility is key. That's so what he genius. always says. Yes. I heard him. <laughs> you heard him. <laughs> so his mask. For anyone unfamiliar with the Super Calo, which I assume everybody is except you, um, <laughs> his mask has sunglasses built into them as well as a hat like a uh how would you describe the hat like a kangle like a reverse kangle sure sure reverse kango um <laughs> and he has the uh what the t-shirt the shorts i think like the longer shorts kind of a yeah. cholo-y kind of guy um, yeah but like with it's not as baggy as conan's but they were pretty baggy. right right um he's taking on Rey mysterio and this is for the cruiserweight title of course Rey mysterio is the champion at this point mm-hmm. calling out dean malenko yeah yeah because he won it from dean on nitro uh i think it was a few months ago at this point so they've had a couple matches they've traded the title a few times mm-hmm. uh this match here I, I mean it was fine i would honestly probably put this towards the bottom for me on this card really what about you yeah i mean not, oh. that's, i mean it was there's a lot of good matches on this card is why i say it yeah but I feel like in this match, you didn't see a ton until the until the finish. I feel like there weren't a lot of stuff, maybe other than a few spots here and there that we didn't see already in this show. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'll put it somewhere toward the middle ish. Yeah. For me, like I was a Ray Mysterio guy, Ray Mysterio Jr. You put him in Hoopatoon on TV. I was seated <laughs> when I was. Yeah, young. yeah, of course. And. Like with Ray, it was just like, like then especially, it was like you just tune in, you watch, and you just keep your eyes on the screen because you just never know what's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know if he's going to do some sort of tope or a tiger fame before it was a 619 or like just something crazy. He's going to leap over a ref. You never know, but you were seated and you tuned in. And I enjoyed this. Um, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed. Uh, I thought Super Cala was a was a nice little foil. It's obvious that you know Ray was gonna win, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's a Super Cala's first um, appearance in WCW. Yes, at least on pay per view. I can't remember if he was at on Nitro on before this or whatever, but 
definitely on pay per view. I think Mike Tanay mentioned that he was like only been in the states for a few weeks. Oh, okay, so, gotcha. Yeah, but, good lord, Mike Tanay back then. <laughs> you Mike Tanay guy, man. Mike, when Mike Tanay was on commentary back then, I was like, Ooh, "Who's gonna be here?" <laughs> Iron Mike, I'm back too. <laughs> Between him, I don't know the commentary in general. Just being like Dusty and, and Bobby with a uh, young, barefaced Shivani. <laughs> Ooh, it's funny. Me, it's like the exact same guy, just without the facial hair. Almost, yeah, the exact same. Sounds the same. I mean, it's wild. He just right there in AEW. <laughs> and dude, we could do a whole hour long podcast on just funny things. The brain says <laughs> during the show, oh he's God. just on one every single night. Fantastic. I miss him. I missed him. Oh. I miss. I miss Dusty. I'm. I miss like the 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 commentary, like chemistry that they had together, especially like during these cruiserweight matches where. Obviously, Mike is the only one that knows what he's talking about when it comes to these people. And Brain is just like challenging and questioning and making these jokes and awkward comments. And it's like, dude, right. calm down. <laughs> it's Mike Tenay up front leading the charge while you got three bumbling idiots behind him. It's just, it works though. It's very entertaining. It works. In the same breath while Brain was making those jokes, when something legitimately great happened, he would react like the rest of us. Oh, no, he was a pro. He knew what he was there to do. He wasn't there yeah, to just bullshit. Sure. Yeah, for sure. One of the greatest of all time, man. Absolutely. Easily Absolutely. One of the of all time. And so is Super Calo, right? Oh, he's out yeah, here. for sure. That's uh, that rolling senton he does from the ring to the floor was uh, pretty brutal looking because like Ray was, was on his tough. back on the floor. And then Calo just does a front flip senton from the ring to the floor. <laughs> splat lands on him. He's like, I mean, hey, stay here on the floor with this half an inch mat. <laughs> Don't move. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, uh, I feel like Kylo took more damage than Ray could have on that because he just hit him with an elbow. Man, was Ray there? Like a buck 65? At the most. Jeez, he is a, a little boy at this point. He is tiny, tiny, tiny man. <laughs> And um, they're using both rings again, kind of similar to the Hoovitude stuff. You got Ray kind of bouncing from one ring to the other a few points. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the finish was hilarious for a couple of reasons. So Ray is in between the rings, like on the little platform in between the rings. Kahlo mm -hmm. comes, he like tries to do like a running drop kick or something, but Ray gets out of the way and Kahlo bounces off the ropes, lands right on his neck. And then Ray goes into the opposite ring, springboards, moonsaults backwards in the opposite direction of Kahlo, and then does a springboard from one rope on one ring to the other ring, and then springs into the ring and does a, a West Coast pop onto Kahlo and gets the win. But Heenan's like, oh, he went the other way. He's going the wrong way. <laughs> it's like a nice, I think he's got a plan there, Brain. <laughs> but um, very unique finish, to say the least. And uh, yeah. it, was a, it was a decent match, I thought. Yeah, well, yeah, that West Coast pop at the end. Like, it wasn't like a flashy. It wasn't like a jackhammer or a jackknife or a sharpshooter or anything of the sort. But that West Coast pop then, that, that was enough. It was unique. It was to him. It fit what he was doing against the people that he was fighting against. 
and it works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the audience, like in the United States, they weren't seeing anything like that at this point. So it was enough to be like, oh my God, what just happened? And you could like, you could understand the confusion of somebody getting hit with that to be, to not be able to kick out. So I thought it worked. Yeah. Wait till Halloween Havoc in a couple of years. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. I've heard that match is a, uh, a bit of a dandy. Oh say. man, it's uh, it might be an all timer. Yeah, <laughs> in some <circles>. absolutely. <laughs> is it better than Harlem Heat versus Nasty Boys though? Is the question. Ooh, I don't know because Harlem Heat had gang activity there. <laughs> lots, of gang, <laughs> lots of gang activity. You got you got the two big burly black guys. You have their manager, and then you have Colonel Sanders from KFC right there, like. All in tow together against these two big, piggly, probably smelly. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? You. His name is Knobs. Does that does that sound like he smells good? Knobs. What knobs and sags? You don't think those guys wear deodorant? Sags. Sags. You're defending sags. The smell of somebody named Sags. I've never seen two names perfectly describe people. Other than knobs and sacks. I would tell you this <laughs> I, fu- I fucking love the Nasty Boys. I don't know what it is. Oh, man. They're not good, but I love no. them. <laughs> were... No, it's them and like... Public Enemy were not <laughs> good at all. I remember. Oh, man, Public Enemy is a whole different thing. But Oh, um... man. Shout out to Rock Rock. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a Johnny Grunge guy, but. Well, I digress. Uh, the only way I could discuss. So it's tag team titles on the line. Harlem Heat, Nasty Who Boys. Who was the face? Who was the heel? You you ask a great question. And some questions don't have answers. I'm just saying, because it's like, if you look at the situation, because you have two on four. It's like I said, it's clearly gang activity taking place here. Like they are right. here to mob. They're here to mob and have a good time and just do their business and bounce out. On the mm-hmm. other side of the question, you just got the two of them, and he's like, "Yeah, they attacked Sister Sherry. What? They hit whip? <laughs> like they well, here, look, like- Sherry, Sherry's asking for it. She's running through the rings to get involved. She keeps getting on the apron. At some point, you just gotta smack a bitch. Am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> I'm not going to support supporting Sister Sherry. <laughs> I'm not saying not that, that I say that. Month. I'm saying this is the perspective of, of the nasties, not me. I would never. I know, I know, I know, I know. But um, yeah, that made me think. Like, who was the face here? Who was the who was the? So I, I, I do believe the nasty boys were the faces, just based on all the interference from Colonel Parker and Sherry. This match yeah. felt more Sherry than the four people involved in the match to me. Yeah. Parker didn't do much of anything until the end, and then even that, barely. Parker's just bullshitting back there. He's just waiting for this match to be over so he can go backstage and give Sherry the real what to you. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Hit him with the cane. Yeah, yeah. Do a little KFC. Uh, With a chicken tender. Ooh, drumstick. Uh, Uh, What else? Trying to get some of them thighs. Oh, <laughs> breasts, couple breasts. <laughs> now we're winging it. Oh, <laughs> all right. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Playing her mac and cheese. 
Yeah, well, okay. ma- mashing her potatoes. Oh, oh, oh. greening her beans. Greening the oh. beans. Oh, green. No, I don't know if that no. works. Famous, oh, famous no. bowl. Famous, famous bowl. bowl. KFC. Famous oh. gravy. Trying to sliders. Rolls. Do they have sliders? I guess they, they have, do sliders. have sliders. They do have sliders. They got some new stuff now. I don't know. I'm, I'm more I'll of a Popeyes guy my myself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure, Popeyes. That's the only thing I like out of the state of Louisiana besides the women and the accents. <laughs> you like the accents? Oh, yeah. let, me, let me tell you something. Get them gators out of my swamp. That's fucking what are you talking accent. about, baby? <laughs> <laughs> you make a good point, actually. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> but also fuck the Saints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Sherry's here. She's, sure. uh, she's got chaps on. Yeah, she... Why? I guess it's a Colonel Parker thing. That's the fall. Why? And you're in why? North Carolina. Yeah, I'm thinking... I guess I never really thought about it. Why is she wearing chaps and a leather jacket? That's not really the, the aesthetic of Harlem Heat or Colonel Parker. A question for when, you, when we meet her on the other side. Uh, that'll be my first... That'll be the first thing I do. Let's find oh, Sherry yeah, and ask sure. her. For sure. Like the lesbian cloud could wait. Like definitely has to ask her about yeah. that. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Well, yeah, lots, lots of interference, like a little bit too much. But what I did like is that they did not waste a moment. Booker T or Stevie Ray, somebody's interfering. They are like mobbing whoever's in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's over there. He's over there. All right. All right. I mean, that's. <laughs> Tag team expertise right there, man. Harlem Heat, they know what they're doing. Every um, chance they got. Gotta respect it. <laughs> love it. Love it. I mean, it's, it's a... activity. <laughs> it's a classic rivalry here. Harlem Heat, Nasty Boys, kind of a race war of sorts, it feels like. But uh, <laughs> it was it was a clubbering, is how I would describe it. It was fine. Yeah. It, was, it was, again, kind of what you expect from these two. Um, yeah. Ultimately... Well, I think it's Knobs. It's a big splash off the second rope. And then Sherry comes in and hits Knobs in the head with uh, Colonel Parker's cane. He broke off. He, yeah, it broke that bitch off in his ass, I think. Is that what the kids are saying? <laughs> broke that hole off. <laughs> exactly. That's, that that, that off. was the finish. The finish was yeah. broke that bitch off. Thoughts? Yeah. Cracked that hole wide open. Yeah. Yeah, well, hoes were uh, cracked open. Raisin canes. Uh, raisin canes. Cane, raisin Randy. I'm trying to segue into Randy Savage versus Giant. Uh, macho. Slim Jim. Come on. Slim. Elbow raisin, drop. Raisin cane. If you eat a lot of raisin canes, you're not going to be slim anymore. But speaking of slim, Slim Jim, ah. Slim Jim. Macho man's here. Thank you. We all did it. We did it together. Taking on teamwork, make the dream work. Taking on Captain Insano here in the uh, semi-main event (laughs) was. uh, (laughs) We talked about the uh, the giant turning heel, joining the NWO, et cetera, et cetera. Another element here is old Nick Patrick, that shady mix. Just out here hitting folks in the knees. Wasn't an accident. Was it not an accident? Is he on payroll? Is he with them? Is he not? 
that 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 hog wild shit. Oh, I tripped across the ring. Oh, whoopsie daisy, chop block on accident. This fucking guy. It's not like, even getting started on his well, stupid like, pin cadence. Exactly. It drives me crazy. Fuck you, pre little Nate. The stupid way he counts makes me want to vomit. <laughs> this guy. Um, Look at that, that, that porn stash. Changed it, I do like the porn stash, though. I, I do not like that. it. Yeah, yeah. Porn, porn stash with the with the sloppy dab bod, with the with the button up that was clearly two sizes too big. Now <laughs> I'm just thinking of Nick Pat, Nick Patrick and porn. It's not really what I'm I want. Sorry. That's a choice. It's well, not I'm the sorry. first guy that I would want from wrestling to do porn. I'll say that. That might be a hot take. Is it Val Venus? Not current Val Venus. That's yeah, absolutely. You see, not. We, you see, he came at me earlier this week. Oh no! What did he say? He did. He called me an idiot and a moron that did because he was talking about Cody and and Cody's support of um, LGBT and trans kids. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and somebody said like like I played a porn star. Like I'm not. I'm like, dude, what you benefited from it? You're kind of the part of the problem that you that you're talking about. <laughs> like and yeah. Cody's out here just minding his own business. And this afforded you millions of dollars. You playing a porn star, being an influence, being seen, being like, you know, out there. You consented to it. And you made a you got paid millions for it. And you were seen by millions of people doing it. Mm-hmm. What's <laughs> you're part yeah. of it? <laughs> Not only that, he was a porn star got over as a porn star and then they tried to make him not a porn star and nobody gave a shit. So they just made him a porn star again. <laughs> the people started caring. So that was like the only reason people cared about him. It's because of his and stupid then, towel. Yeah. And then to make it even worse, like at the end of the day, all that, at the end of the day, you still go by Val Venus. <laughs> yeah. That's his Twitter uh, handle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like what was it? Big Valboski or something like that? Or Val Venus like ENT or something like this? I don't it know. Sean Morley. Who who's that guy? <laughs> Chief Morley? No. Get this guy out of here. We always try to uh discri- or, uh fuck Valvinus on every episode. So that's good. That's good. We got it in there. Hey. Well, he's not here, but you know who is here is Randy Savage and the ah. giant. So Savage jokes. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. this uh, goes back to Hog Wild, where the Giant lost the World Championship to Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. and Randy was like, "Hey, listen here, you you were the last line of defense. It was your job to don't beat Hogan, but you couldn't get it done, yeah, or something along those lines." Very uh, talker he was. Yeah, he. I love when he's got a promo before this, and he's always like back to the camera. Like he never mm-hmm. shows his face for whatever reason. I don't know if that's intentional, or if he just is just so hopped up on cocaine he doesn't know what's going on. Probably a little both. I did enjoy this match though. It really it was just a match because you know Giants dominating most of the time. For and, sure. Uh, it builds to Macho Man scoop slamming. The Giants, which gets a huge ovation, and then the mm-hmm. elbow, just the energy towards the end of this match was crazy. Just for a simple scoop slam and an elbow. I mean, granted, it's on a big bastard like the Giant, but I mean, the crowd ate it up. And um, ultimately, though, Hulk Hogan. Hogan comes out 
and he lures Macho Man to the stage area because obviously Mach he wants to get at Hogan, his former best friend. He wants to kill him. So he chases Hogan to the stage area, and lo and behold, the outsiders are there with a chair. They attack Macho Man. They beat him down, roll him back in the ring. Nick Patrick missed all of this. I don't know what the hell he was doing, playing pocket pool in the middle of the ring with Giant. He was back and, there doing this with him. I seen it on the screen. They were doing right. All this. Yeah, he's practicing. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gets rolled back in the ring. Giant pins him with a s- smug smirk on his face, and the Giant gets the win. So, uh, I thought this was fun. You know, the NWO furthering their influence on the show. But Macho Man, I mean, being Macho Man, doing what he does. Nick Patrick, I can kind of do, I give or take on that. But I don't know. What do you think about this one? Man, this match only went like seven minutes, and they that's, got that's all I needed. Like it will, I got a lot done in that seven minutes, and I think like three minutes of it was him getting jumped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for hey. sure. But Bobby, uh, Bobby, he just said something about it. it's like that's his fault. You left the ring. Nobody told you to do it. Look, and not wrong. That was uh, Macho's like Achilles' heel, especially during that time, was that he was always so frantic and so always so like loony that he never focused on the task at hand. And that's mm. what they said before the match. You need to focus on this. Don't look forward to Halloween Havoc. Handle this tonight. And he lost track of focus. And he had the match one. Like, you've been waiting this time. Wait three seconds. <laughs> Wait yeah. three seconds. One, two, three. Then go get him. Like, yeah, that's a good point. He's blinded with rage. This macho man. Yeah. This is downfall. This is downfall. I mean, maybe his downfall was jumping off a cage and landing on his feet. But that's a whole other thing. Bone saw was ready, okay? <laughs> but uh yeah i mean this was just like the thing i enjoyed about it is like they like like i said it was a simple match and a simple kind of finish but Mm -hmm. the crowd was eating it up like they weren't like the wrestlers weren't in there like begging for pops which is like what i feel a lot of wrestling nowadays can kind of be like for Mm -hmm. example i was watching um collision earlier and you got sammy guevara jumping off a 30-foot ladder through a table smashing beer bottles against uh, Hobbs's face. Nobody's going to remember that in two weeks. But yeah. here, a scoop slam and an elbow was just like legendary, I thought. It's like, there's a there's something here to be said about just like characters you can invest in and just like building a simple story within a match. And I thought I thought it all played out perfectly here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and that's part of the I guess that's something they did better back then than they did now, like you just said. Um, we got a lot of, like, skilled wrestling. I think the wrestling is more skilled these days, like the more abilities and how more um, widely. Um, yes. And outwardly, outwardly so these days. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to find a Brian Knox. <laughs> In 2024, like that. Yeah. I'm not sure about Tyrus, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't disrespect knobs like that, okay? <laughs> but you're not going to find any lumbering guys who aren't athletes anymore. Like, even the bigger guys are athletes these days. But yeah. the focus on character was something they had back then that even though they did a lot less athletically, those little things mattered so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a testament to to how hot NWO was, at least even at this point, mm-hmm. it's at the early stages here. And uh, 
that leads us, that segues us perfectly into the, the main event here. We got all war games on our hands here. We got the NWO versus Team WCW. So uh, NWO is represented by Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and quote unquote Sting. With, uh, <laughs> with uh, Ted DiBiase along ringside outside of the cage with them. And you got Team WCW. We got Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Lex Luger. And that's it, allegedly. They're just going to go out there as three people. We don't need Sting. He turned on us. We don't need him. They're cutting a promo before the match, and Sting walks in. He's like, guys, it wasn't me. Lex, we're best Six friends. Later. We own a gym together. Do you not know what my face looks like? Like, that wasn't me that attacked. It's like, but first, like, but Stinger, I saw you. I don't believe you. I can't believe you. You. It's <laughs> a good Lex Luger. The, you got the essence of his hollow head. Um, but back. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the War Games match type itself? Like just the back stipulation, then? or just like I guess in general back then, nowadays, whatever. I I think I like it a little bit more these days. Um, yeah. because like of the way it's structured and like kind of like how yeah, WWE's kind of like like dressed it up to be bigger than what it was back then, and then how the added stipulation of if you leave the cage, you forfeit your team, because that's something that couldn't have happened in this match for sure. <laughs> um, but it definitely played up better this for this. Um, but yeah, War Games was just way different way back then. I think um. The presentation. Like, it's a presentation. I'm a presentation guy, like, when it comes to these type of things. Like, story above all else, but then give me the style. Um, mm-hmm. They just kind of just went into the main event. <laughs> there was a lot of, like, the music or, like, a lot of introductions. They're just like, okay, here we go. Five right. intervals, go. <laughs> and then, yeah, the match was what it was, which we'll get into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, War Games to me, like, first of all, if you're not going to have blood... I, I wouldn't even bother. I, although, I don't, was there blood in this one? No. I guess not, huh? Yeah, I guess it wasn't really. I don't know. But no. I don't know. Just this with the lack of. Like minutes. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Um, I guess maybe that. Because that, that's another criticism I have for war games. At least nowadays, they just go on too long. I mean, they're like an hour long when you include entrances and stuff. Yeah. Um, but when it's a quick hitter like this, I, I can stomach it a little more. And with with just the build to this, I thought it definitely worked. It made sense. And I mean, being in flare country, you got horsemen on one side, you got the devious NWO on the other side, like everything building up to this, just the way it culminated to it, it made sense. And I liked it. But and then really the sting story is kind of the only thing that matters here, really, because like, like you said, there's not even like entrance music or anything. It's like, get to it. Mm-hmm. Like next um, thing you know, Scott Hall is coming out first with Ted DiBiase. He's like, oh, we're doing this. Right. <laughs> and uh, so, hey, Scott Hall and Arn Anderson start out. Crowd explodes when Arn Anderson starts <laughs> walloping <laughs> Scott. I mean, they're just big, big on the old Arnski here. And then you the got Nash comes in, then Luger comes in, then Hogan comes in. Luger and Arn pile on a Hogan and is when the outsiders kind of take advantage because everybody's got tunnel vision on Hulk Hogan. They just want him and nobody else. And that's kind of to the downfall of team WCW here. 
And those are those played up on commentary as well. Yes. And then Ric Flair comes in. And then there's a little moment of a 1v1 versus Hulk Hogan, which is like what they've been building to for weeks, if not months at this point. Yeah. And Flair just low blows everybody <laughs> in the ring, which is hilarious. The crowd's eating it up. <laughs> and uh and then fate and then sting quote unquote sting is up next <laughs> when you were watching this did you think that that was sting no chance <laughs> <laughs> okay. i thought it was kind of a good attempt at Sting. Yeah. that similar builds the similar movement <laughs> the hair was a little sketch the voice was probably the most sketch just from the whoa kind of deal but um no, no i guess it's as good as it could have done huh Weak stinger splashes. The outfit wasn't quite the same, and then just he did like he didn't do like the same. Like ah, it was like uh, ski. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who would win a match between Fake Sting and Renegade? Oh man, are you familiar with Renegade? That might have been before you got into it. Man, that's like right on. That's something I found out later was Renegade. I didn't watch that in real time. I don't think. Oh, well, lucky you. <laughs> uh, but nah um, fake Undertaker <laughs> the <laughs> Undertaker <laughs> or fake Kane whoever was that it was uh, Luke Gallows really yeah huh old Festus was fake Kane and beat him did he yeah huh. Dude, I remember being super into that storyline when it was happening and then they just dropped it I was so yeah. I was so upset um but Kane's not here. Kane's not yeah. here. Uh, Colonel Parker and his Kane aren't here. Nah. Nope. We just got fake Sting. Cleans house, or he doesn't clean house. He just kind of gets in there. I mean, he does get some. He, he stinger splashes everybody. Like you said, probably doesn't get the uh, the height of Steve Borden, but he's he's trying. Mm-hmm. He's in there. He got like then, two. Inches. He got like a solid two inches off the ground. Eh, you know. What can you expect? It's an upper body business. We're not we're not doing the athletics. Ski. <laughs> well, then the true ski comes out next because they weren't even sure if they would have a fourth guy team WCW. But out comes the real sting, which they should have. The, the two stings are wearing different colored boots. Yeah, so you would think when they saw fake sting out there with the black boots, they might be like, oh, that's not Sting. You're but. a phony. You're <laughs> stupid Lex Luger. Oh, love him. Love him. Um, That's hilarious. The, the real Sting comes in here, and I do enjoy this. He comes in there. He cleans house. I mean, he just mm-hmm. lays everybody out effortlessly. He comes face to face with the fake Sting, takes his shit out, splashes to everybody. Um, I don't know if he doesn't need death drops or anything not really sure but nah, I not yet shit out of everybody yeah so everybody's down everybody in the nwo is down and then everybody on team wcw is looking at sting and they're like bewildered because like, oh what you were telling the truth we didn't believe you but and then sting looks at him and he's like is that good enough you believe me now and then does the up yours gesture with his arms and then leaves. The first times i've ever seen that on tv as a kid <laughs> I loved that because there was that was like a side of saying staying like you said we've never seen before and mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong is this like kind of the 
what ignites the the crow sting kind of character absolutely. or is that not until a little later yeah absolutely this this is like the last time he was seen on wcw tv until he started doing the crow thing yeah because like I've, I've been vaguely familiar on that kind of arc but i wasn't really sure when exactly it started or how it started but i love like how that all panned out oh for sure and he basically he leaves and it's like you're watching you're like well, they kind of deserve it. They didn't trust them. Even commentary mm-hmm. is like, we're sorry, Sting. Oh, geez. And uh, the Sting's out of there. And then the NWO is able to use the numbers game to take advantage and ultimately fake Sting. Puts the Scorpion Deathlock on the Lex Luger, all while Hulk Hogan is squeezing his head. And uh, Nick Patrick, I believe, is the one that calls for the bell, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... Just a lot of NWO tomfoolery here towards the end, but they come mm. out on top, further solidifying this faction. And mm. uh, there's some post match shenanigans too, but match itself. Any 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 other thoughts on that? Um, it was quick, pretty to the point. Um, the whole thing was a sting story, like we already mentioned. Um, yeah, and it fell apart pretty quickly after he left. It's almost like yeah. they got all their HP back. <laughs> after he left left the cage um yeah he he came in like gangbusters i remember watching that like okay it's over now he came in like like goku okay and then it all just fell apart it came one thing that was annoying one thing that was annoying to me during this match and it's just a small thing like when you knew somebody was about to get hit because they come in with a club before i'm like oh they just stand there 90s man it's i'm gonna get y'all they got me um. <laughs> it's yeah like you can see yeah, some of them mouthing it you can see some of them mouthing it too like hey i'm over here come get me <laughs> oh especially hogan dude he that dude can never figure out how to swing anything <laughs> no no he was uh, worse than cena ever was about that <laughs> yeah yeah well so lex passes out he's done for yeah, they lift the cage. Macho Man comes back out. He wants Hogan, um, but Giant comes out. A little uh, Pearl Harbor job to Macho Man. So Giant beats on Macho. They gang up on Randy Savage. Big old choke slam to Macho Man. So he's out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flair gets taken out at some point. I don't remember what happened to him. They kept it going for a minute, and then the numbers got to him. Yeah, and. The way the show closes was crazy. So uh, Macho Man, he's getting beat down and Miss Elizabeth comes out, which is very interesting because for context, um, they they had split up. Liz had been with Flair for a few months at this point. They were using Macho Man's money like there was a blood feud between Flair and Macho Man. So Liz and Macho hadn't been associated in years at this point. So, but she comes out there. It's like, oh, this is too much. I got to protect him. So she comes out, like kind of crawls on top of Macho to protect them. And uh, Hogan sprays NWO on her back. And (laughs) Giant's like barking at her, which I thought was a choice. I don't know if you caught that. (laughs) It keeps it very out of place. (laughs) Like, okay, Paul, easy now. It was Giant. Um, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But you I don't was, know how they talk. <laughs> I guess I don't. I guess I got to learn. 
I was um I was watching this with my wife and she was like distraught watching this because like Miss Elizabeth, she knows Miss Elizabeth. So, oh, he's not got a paint on her, is she? Is he? And then Hogan does, and he's like spitting on her and like like I mean calling it, it them was... losers till death do you part. Well, I'm gonna accelerate the process more or less to paraphrase <laughs> what he said. Like, man, this is big business. This is very serious talk you're talking. This closing well, angle I thought was great. Oh yeah. Um, because it's clear, like that's the main event for Halloween Havoc. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, for the world title. Um, right. And that was going to be part of the deal, and that's why I wasn't so, like, looking back at it, I wasn't so happy about like Giant going over on him, even though mm-hmm. it makes sense. I'm always a advocate of like keeping like your challenger strong going into fighting the champion, whether they're face or heel. But right. as far as the angle is concerned, like this was like very, very well done. Very yeah. well done. Yeah, I mean, like, Macho. Makes- yeah, no, was, Macho, I mean, he looked strong in his match with Giant and it's it's all like numbers game stuff. But yeah, I agree. Like, but at the same time, you know, it makes you want to see Macho get his revenge for sure. So that's what they're going for. I thought they hit it out of the park here. So, um, yeah. And then what they they storm the commentary table to close the show and they get the, their mics on. And oh, do you recall anything they said? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't even think they had a plan. I think they were just talking shit like, oh, the NWO's here. Good night or whatever the fuck. Let's know. vacate out of here. They did that a lot. They scurried like rats whenever they came close after that first time. <laughs> yeah. It just adds to like the, you know realism of the of the whole thing how this, yeah. this universe you know if the nwo's here you gotta get out of there so um, yeah but yeah i mean that brings fall brawl to a close overall like i said i thought it was top to bottom one of the stronger wcw pay-per-views of this era at least um <laughs> or this year but i don't know any other overall thoughts on the show any anything maybe we missed it was very fun like overall i thought it was very fun um, yeah. I think we covered any like extra like extra notes we could have covered, especially about Chavo's first pay per view, Chris Jericho's, uh, Super Callos, um, like the angles. Like I think we covered like hit about every major beat and every like minute detail we possibly could. Um, yeah, very fun show. I <laughs> I very much enjoyed the cruiserweights, um, the gang activity from Harlem Heat. <laughs> I'll always go well for, and. I don't think the War Games match was a strong match, but the story and the angle, especially in the post, mm. was great. And you got to do that, especially if you're like trying to tell like a longer form narrative. And I don't think we've seen anything like that done as well as successfully from then to like the Bloodline last year. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. You gotta have those angles. You gotta have a reason to care. I gotta have a reason to invest into the next thing. Yeah, it's almost like they're looking ahead towards Halloween Havoc. It's almost like that War Games was just there to build to that yeah. match. It was it was like an extended angle more so than a match, but yeah, they didn't stretch and, it out too long, which you know. But it didn't feel like it. Like yeah. like, like we're back watching it. It didn't feel like this was like just a prelude to Halloween Havoc. It felt like it was its own thing, which a lot of shows kind of fall into that trap. A lot of matches fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a prelude to the next thing. Like no. that, 
that Savage Giant match really like it did a lot in terms of like building where his focus is and how he's going to the main event next month and how he can't mm-hmm. lose focus and how he has that temper and he's never been able to control it and how it drives him and it took it to the post match angle after everything that happened and yeah it just all just rolled in there together mm-hmm. makes you wonder yeah. what happened later. <laughs> don't know man we're just gonna have to tune in the nitro to find out i mean it seems like it's like it's like wcw versus the world at this point but speaking of which uh, speaking of which appreciate it man appreciate you joining uh the show here talking some wcw where can everybody find you listen to you look at you taste you all that stuff i don't know about the taste part. i'm pretty sure somebody might get upset about that but but you can find me at JB versus the world. I'm not, I don't have a little thing in my bob. I can normally have my finger on. Anyway, you can find me at JB versus the world, spelled out, smushed together. You say it all together like a tribe called Quest on um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, I have my central hub at JB versus the world.com. And if you want to argue with me on Twitter or just talk wrestling or just shoot the shit, you can find me at JBV the world because versus was just too long for Twitter. <laughs> I agree with that. Hey, I just learned that Quest Love was not in Tribe Called Quest. Really? I is that I mean, I don't know. I felt I felt very stupid when I learned that, but I guess it makes sense. I guess it makes sense. But yeah, Quest Love. I mean that's that's a whole other podcast in itself. I For think. sure. Shout out to Quest Love though. Shout out. Shout out. If 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 you get anything from this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out Questlove. Shout out to Questlove. Like, <laughs> I still feel bad about what happened with him and the Will Smith slap and all that because I took his thunder. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the next episode. That's, that's a good cliffhanger. That, that's our spray and paint on Miss Elizabeth's back. Once again, thank you to JB for joining me on this lovely, lovely episode. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Have an old JB on. We'll be definitely be doing this again. Uh, go give him a follow at JBV the world on X and all the other social medias that you can find in the description. Subscribe to his YouTube, all that stuff. Follow me at Apron Bump, yada, yada, yada. Hey, all there is to do is hit that goddamn jingle, Bartholomew. WCW, ECW, WWF, who's the hardest promotion? Eric or Vince or Polly? I think we can agree, though, it's mostly shit. Alrighty then. First of all, if you're watching on YouTube, I will be sharing my screen here if you want to follow along. But if you are in audio land, I will also walk you through it. So the hardest promotion battle of 1996, WWF versus WCW versus ECW at this point point and time september 15th 1996 we look at the best the worst the bad the ugly the gay the straight all of it um and we'll get into all the points and the razzle dazzle and all that stuff but first of all let's grade this show shall we from a scale of s to f s being best show of all time f being a show that i'd rather stick a Needle in my urethra than watch. Um, which there are a few of them on <laughs> so far in 1996. Um, but Fall Brawl 1996. What are we what are we thinking here? I'm telling you guys right now, it's at least a B. At least a B for sure. I love I loved this show. I loved it. Did. I loved this show. I thought it was from start to finish. I thought the energy was great. I thought the in-ring was great. The NWO story is very strong. While there might not be a ton of other strong stories 
on the uh, like in the company at this point. I think the sh- the pay per view was just very paced. It was it was paced very well, and uh, I had fun watching it, which ultimately is like the best. <laughs> you could look at all the details and the stats and the you know you could put your stopwatch on to count how much how many minutes and seconds of wrestling there was on a card. But ultimately, if you had fun watching it. That's really all that matters. My main question here is, is this a territory? Now, at this point, the only show that I've given an A this year is WrestleMania 12, which begs the question, is Fall Brawl 1996 as good as WrestleMania 12? Kind of apples and oranges here because WrestleMania is the big spectacle. It's... But is it, though? Actually, is it, though? Because, I mean, yeah, WrestleMania is WrestleMania, but, you know, you look at the nuts and bolts of the thing, they're kind of the same. You know, it's a fucking arena with probably a similar attendance, I would guess. Um, Do I throw an A at Fall Brawl? I'm telling you, man, I, I enjoyed the show. I really did. What, what was bad on this show? I mean, like, Nasties and Harlem Heat was whatever but it wasn't i wouldn't say it was offensively bad dog i might throw an a at this i think it might be like a minus territory i'm giving fall here hold on maybe maybe hold on am i getting ahead i might be getting ahead of myself i'll tell you this while the nwo story is great the main event itself was kind of like oh was it lackluster, though? It was quick. But there were good story beats, and I guess the story beats took up as much time as anything else, so maybe it wasn't bad. But you know what? I'm throwing an A at it. Fuck you. It's my podcast. <laughs> I can do what I want. We, got, we, gave, we, we are giving Fall Brawl 1996 an A, which is uh, rarefied territory so far. Like I said, there's only been one other A so far. And WCW hasn't been very strong. So that, that's a good uh, good sign for WCW because they're currently in last among the three companies. So now that we've graded the show, next step is to go to this tab right here and see which promotion has had the highest average grade among their pay-per-views so far. And currently still, WWF still has the highest average grade at about a, uh, what else would that be? Like a C plus, I guess. On average, uh, whereas WCW is more like a C minus on average. So we go to the scoreboard here where we have all of our criteria and each criteria has its own point value associated to it. The company that um, gets the superlative gains or loses those points. So the highest overall average pay-per-view grade, like I said, WWF. Um, So they maintain those six points for that criteria. Best pay-per-view of the year. Now, finally, we have some discussion here. Because so far, WrestleMania 12 has kind of held the monopoly over this because they're the only A. So it's not really worth, you know, thinking about because it's the fucking highest grade objectively. But we're introducing some subjectivity here. WrestleMania or Fall Brawl. I still think WrestleMania probably takes it. Um... I'll tell you this, the height of Sean and Brett, the Iron Man match, like the last 10, 15 minutes. I mean, the peak of that was higher than anything on Fall Brawl. 
And you had like the Roddy Piper gold dust stuff. You had like the opening six man was relatively hot. You had Diesel versus Taker, which was very good. So even like the lulls in the show, like even like Ultimate Warrior, like say what you want about him. I mean, currently we're tracking him as the worst of the year, but that return was pretty, pretty epic, I thought. So WrestleMania, I think, still maintains the best pay-per-view of the year. Um, so WWF maintains those two points. <clears throat> and just as a reminder, for anybody listening, not watching, WWF has 13 points, ECW has six, WCW has three. So worst pay-per-view of the year still, we have WCW Super Brawl holding on to that with negative one point. Uh, best in-ring. So now we're looking at in-ring. Overall, who has the best in-ring? Currently, we're tracking w- or, uh, WWF as the best in-ring. Now, this show, like I said, this is probably the best in-ring product in terms of a pay-per-view that WCW has developed this year, I would say, by far. But is it? Does this t- is this a tipping point? Can I say that WCW is better than WWF in-ring? Because in WWF, we got, you know, Taker and Mankind are doing good stuff. Sean is the champion, and he's of a mega, mega cunt. But is he always delivers in the ring. You got Owen Hart lying around. You got Owen Hart around. You got Mark Marrow. Goldust is doing some pretty good stuff. You got a pretty, you know, well-rounded roster. Even the tag team division, while it's pretty ice cold, it's always quality and ring. So, but WCW, we got the cruiserweight division which is still in kind of the building stages, although we're starting to really solidify like the Ray Mysterio and Dean Malenko feud. We got, you know, introducing new guys like Hoovitude, Psychosis, Super Calo, Chris Jericho just debuted. We got Benoit. We got up top. We got Flair. We got Macho Man Giants. The NWO are <laughs> doing things. Um... Conan's coming out of the gates finally. DDP's doing good stuff. This is a tough one, man. It's a tough one. Um, I mean, an ECW is, is to me not in the conversation right now because they're just, it's a lot of just walking, talking, brawling in that company with a few exceptions, but, um, WCW has just poached all of their good guys. So, do I stick with WWE? Um, here's the thing: I think WWF might have more variety. Although WCW has the cruiserweights, and WWF doesn't really. Um, I'm gonna say WWF, WWF hold on to this for now just because because pay-per-view wise i think they're very similar in terms of in-ring but tv is uh wcw is just very it's very old school very squash heavy very you know count out finishes for every other match or disqualifications it's a lot of The nature of the NWO story leads to a lot of chaotic matches, um, a lot of non-finishes, 
Whereas WWF is more straight laced in that aspect. So for that reason, I think WWF holds on to this for now. Uh, so they keep those four points. Best match of the year, Shawn Michaels versus Diesel at In Your House 7. And the worst match. Also at In Your House 7, Ultimate Warrior versus Gold Dust. So the question is here, as on Fall Brawl 1996, what was the best match? What was the worst match? Best match, um, I might throw at Jericho Benoit. Either Jericho Benoit or Conan Hoovitude. War Games is good, too, for very different reasons, I guess. But I don't know if any of those three matches match what Sean and Diesel did. Because I would say... Sean and Diesel, it was just so fluid, but also the emotion was there. The story was there. It was very novel in terms of like using the announce table and chairs and things like that. So for all those reasons, I think it's going to be a hard one to beat for me. Um, so I think Sean and, D and Sean and Diesel holds on to that. So WWF keeps those two points. Worst match, Warrior Gold Dust. Nothing on this show is worse than that. So WWF maintains that negative one point. So now we're looking at the roster slash star power. Best overall. Currently, we're tracking WWF as the best. And since we last looked at this, I think the only change has been the addition of Chris Jericho, which is a positive. WWF, I don't think, has really gained anybody since then. No one's significant. So yeah, I think WCW holds on to this. So they keep those four points for best overall roster. Wrestler of the year. We are tracking Mankind from WWF. Who on this show would give him a running? You could say Macho Man. You can say Flair. No. Rey Mysterio is starting to make a, a good case for himself. Benoit even. I don't know if anybody eclipses Mankind because that also takes into account or does it? Because in my head, I'm also counting his, his Mick Foley stuff or his, uh, his Cactus Jack stuff from ECW. He just happens to be in, in WWF. It happens to be the company where he made the biggest impact this year. So that's why WWF gets these points. I think Mankind is going to hold on to this for now. But we're, we're keeping an eye on Rey Mysterio, Benoit, Flair. Flair hasn't really done much, actually, this year. So probably not Flair. Rey Mysterio, I think, right now is WCW's best shot to overtake this. Um, but I don't think he's there yet. His match with Super Calo on this card wasn't didn't blow me away, really. So, But we'll keep an eye on that. Worst wrestler of the year, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think anybody, this used to be Hulk Hogan at one point, but I thought his performance was fine here. Um, 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 um who else would he even be? Chavo Guerrero? <laughs> um, yeah, I think Warrior holds on to this. So WWF keeps that negative one point. So last but not least, we're looking at out of ring. So this is gimmicks, characters, promos, storylines, etc. Best overall out of ring stuff. 
track in ECW. So my argument here last time, which I think is still going to hold, is that while WCW and the NWO arguably is the best storyline going in wrestling at this point, that's really all they have. And now it's a common thread throughout most, if not all of the show, but it's just a very top heavy show and not a lot of story towards the bottom. Whereas ECW, we talked about it in my latest review with Chubby Dudley talking about natural born killers, like all of the storylines that are happening at the same time at this point is just nuts. So ECW is just on a completely different level. So I think they hold on to those four points here for just best overall out of ring. Best character storyline, um, character slash storyline. We're tracking Sandman versus Raven from ECW. Now, does the NWO take this over is the question here. Sandman and Raven. Like I said, if you haven't caught my, you know, last couple ECW reviews, I mean, that, that story is really cooking at this point. We got uh, Raven like just psychologically abducting Sandman's family and they're wearing the vests and Sandman's son is hitting them with a can. Like it's craziness. Um, is that better though, or worse than the NWO? I'm thinking. It's tough because you got the NWO. It's a takeover of the whole, whole company really revolutionary and it just the, the effect that it has on the company as a whole and i mean we're gonna see like the blue world order in ecw so nwo affects the entire industry as well so i think i think i gotta go nwo here as cliche as it is i think nwo takes it now that could change you know next next time we visit ecw i might decide to change it but i think nwo Takes the cake for now. So, finally got a, uh, a, a score change here. So, WCW takes those two points away from ECW. Um, last category here, the worst character slash storyline. Tiny man, nothing on this show is bad. Especially in terms of, like, characters or storylines. So, I don't think anything from WCW would enter this territory where right now we're tracking jerry lawler from wwf f his feuds with ultimate warrior with jake the snake isaac yankum stuff like it's all been terrible so yeah jerry lawler holds on to that so the wwf maintains that negative one point so that brings this one to a close so updated scores wwf still in the lead with 13 points wcw now in second with five points and ecw in last with four points so uh, heating up here at least you know between wcw and ecw but a lot of time for things to change it's very easy to see uh big big point swings here so keep subscribed and followed and all that shit to uh Check out the later episodes, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what changes in the uh, last couple months of 1996. So, that's about all Daddy has for you today. Appreciate you guys joining, listening, watching, tasting, all of that stuff. Follow, subscribe, poke me, stick your finger in my belly button, 
And that's about it. it is my ASMR voice. I was thinking about maybe doing the entire podcast like this, but don't want you slipping out of your chair. All right, I'm done. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you. Love you. Mwah. I'm hard. Yeah. It's a hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what hard is. Standing strong and proud of it. And I guess let's get started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what hard is. Standing strong and proud of it. And I guess let's get started.